Well, praise be Jesus Christ, as we gather on this Thursday in the 30th week of Ordinary Time, if one is a, a student of world history, or in, and in specific naval history, they'll note that as October comes to a conclusion, we celebrate or remember the 215th anniversary of a naval battle that was short in duration, perhaps five hours at the most, but it literally changed the course of history, known to historians as the Battle of Trafalgar. It, included the famous Admiral Horatio Nelson in the British Navy in a, in a fight against the combined Spanish and French Armada led by an Admiral Villeneuve. It was an amazing day in that it was unlikely that the British would prevail. We have to set the setting. Uh, the French army and the French king or, or, or the French, French people, military, is now governed and led by the, uh, the advancements of their ways, and they were led by the self-named Emperor Napoleon, and he was prepared to launch an invasion of England, and he had amassed his armies to move north, and they were going to, once they defeated the British Navy, they were going to then invade England with a massed army, and world history would have changed had that been true. If the if the French and Spanish troops had been able to land in England, world history would have changed. But on the morning of October 21st, the combined French and Spanish Armada is at anchor in the Bay of Trafalgar, which is on the, just off the coast of Spain. And it's a very large armada. It is very well manned and gunned. They have many, many ships, twice as many as the Navy, in fact. And they're large battleships have twice as many cannons. Uh, these are massive vessels. It's hard for us in our modern era to think how big they were. As we, as we look here inside this beautiful church of, of St. Thomas, the, the beam of those ships was, would have been as wide as both of these two center pews combined. They were in, in 80, 90 feet in width, these vessels, and three and four decks with as many as 800 crewmen. So these are very large sailing vessels outfitted with very heavy cannon, capable of hitting a target at two miles distance. And battle tactics of that day were these very large ships uh, would come in close contact, maybe 20 yards apart, and it unload a, a complete fusillade of, of iron against the other ship in the hopes of blasting it out of the water. It was very horrific warfare. But that morning, as dawn rose, the British fleet, which had been pursuing this combined Spanish and French fleet, uh, is now heading east and discovers them in this Bay of Trafalgar. And Admiral Nelson puts his ships on line, meaning abreast of one another, and he's approaching this Spanish and French fleet at anchor. And on his ship, the HMS Victory, his flagship, he calls the men around him, his officers and crew, to prayer, and he is on his knees asking for success that day. And then he stands and he sends a famous message that is repeated throughout time. It's a simple message. In those days, signaling was done by signal lamp or semaphore flag. And this is the message he sends to his fleet. Because he knew, as they did all, that would they lose that day, History would be forever changed. Napoleon and his massed armies would come to England and they would take over England. They had a large army that was the most powerful army in the Western world at the time. 
And so it was unlikely that England would, would, would survive if Napoleon had landed his massed army, over a quarter million men in England. So the message Admiral Nelson sends that day was simply this. Knowing that winning or losing determined the future of their nation, he said this. The king expects that every man will do his duty. That's it. The king expects that every man will do his duty. And do their duty they did, because the ships then soon engaged, and uh, Admiral Nelson deployed his vessels in such a way that they pierced the French and Spanish line. His cannoneers were more successful and accurate in their targeting. And five hours later, this much larger, in fact, twice as large Spanish and French fleet lay in shambles, many of the boats sinking, um, uh, and Britain victorious in that engagement. And it did change the course of history because England remained steadfast and the British Navy would then govern the seas for the next century. And so we can look at that and say, well, what does that have to do with our readings today? Well, perhaps it's this, is that Paul, in writing to the young church in Ephesus, gives us this encouragement. He says, draw your strength from the Lord, from his mighty power, which is what Nelson did that day. I don't know his faith. I don't know his conviction, his soul. I don't know anything about Horatio Nelson's walk in the faith. I, I don't know that. What I do know is he went to prayer before that day and that he was a man humbled by the fact that it wasn't in his hands that success would come. It was, it was in the hands of a greater power. And Paul uses such beautiful language. He says, put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the tactics of the devil. For our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, with powers, with world rulers of this present darkness, with evil spirits in the heavens. Isn't that true, that the, some of the things we see today in our contemporary moment, we can clearly look at and say, well, that must be of, of uh, worldly influence, that must be of the devil's doing. Doesn't mean the people doing them are evil, that doesn't mean that, but it does mean some of the things we see, observe around us in the world, we can look to and say, well, that is not of God, that is not of God. Paul goes further, put on the armor of God that you may be able to resist on the day, evil day and having done everything to hold your ground. Well, that applies again then not just to that we see around us that may be of a negative influence or destructive to society, it's within our own self, our own willingness to participate in sin. So Paul is telling us to be armored against the devil's intrusions into our own life, to put on that armor. In all circumstances, he says, Hold faith as a shield to quench the flaming arrows of the evil one. Put on the armor of God that you may be able to resist evil on that day and having done everything to hold your ground. What he's telling us to do then is this. With all prayer and supplication, pray at every opportunity in the spirit. We do that joyfully now as we gather for the sacrifice of the mass. This dawn begin with our team that comes here each morning to pray the rosary. Thank you for that. Our day continues with midday prayer, the divine office prayed by some who are in attendance. It concludes with evening prayer. We joyfully have our bells peal the Angelus here at St. Thomas to remind the surrounding lakeside community that we are here and so is God. We do that joyfully, remaining constantly in prayer because it is true the struggles we're against both in our personal lives and in society at large and in our nation and arguably in the world, 
They're not necessarily just bad actors. They are bad actors, perhaps, influenced by evil which walks the earth. Evil which walks the earth. It doesn't mean, again, the actors themselves are evil. It means the actions of the actor may, in fact, be not of God, may be evil in origin. So we have to be most mindful of ourselves first. What am I doing to advance the cause of faith? What am I doing to remain armored against the flaming arrows of intrigue and incitement and and enticement from the world? What am I doing to protect myself? Well, the best prayer I have, or the best shield rather I have is prayer itself, isn't it? And a daily immersion in the Word. And that's the armor we wear, not metal breastplates hammered out from bronze, but, but the Word of God we hear read in a Mass, the Word of God we may study in our private privacy of our home, the time we spend in prayer both as a community and individual. This is the armor that we put on. And most especially then, we come today in the sacrifice of the Mass and are infused with the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, the best armor of all against the intrusions of the evil one. So we go forth, just as Nelson said to the crew, our Lord says to us, the King expects every man and woman to do their duty. Let us do that this day.